Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is May 5th, 2023, uh, and we're reading from the big book into action. We're on page 79, that third paragraph. We thought he ought to be willing, ending with the whole situation has since been adjusted. Okay. So today's readers, we have, for the staffs, Matthew G., we have Traditions, Lori S., reading the text is Tenzin P., page 164, Sigrid F., our backup readers, Anne Marie M., newcomer readers, Leslie M., and second hour host is Anna A. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, May 4th, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 20,225. 20225. And then the 10, 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 20,000, 2026. 20226. All right, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome anyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group must have one primary purpose. It's to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I asked Matthew G to start us off with the 12 steps. Matthew G., Compulsible Reader in Paris. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to be of service. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. Next up with the traditions is Lori S. 
Good morning, Laura Yes, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Texas. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me serve. Thanks, Lori. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery described in a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we're back into into action, and we're on page 79, that third paragraph. We thought he ought to be willing, ending with the whole situation has long since been adjusted. So I'm going to ask Tenzin P to start us off. Mm. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P checking in from New York. All right, here we go. We thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary, but if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. We suggested he write his first wife admitting his fault and asking forgiveness. He did and also sent a small amount of money. He told her what he would try to do in the future. He said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Of course she did not, 
and the whole situation has long since been adjusted. Wow, okay, I'm going to set my timer here. So um, so what this is referring to, we just read in the last uh, paragraph that this is a man who hadn't paid alimony. His wife went to court or, and uh, the court ordered his arrest. And he, uh, he was recovering, had begun to make changes in his life. So uh, all of this is about how to work skillfully, but not get out of not get out of consequences, but how to work skillfully, knowing that uh, uh, my goal is to be free of self-centeredness. That's at the root of my problems. That's what I've been learning as we've gone through the steps so far. Or another way of putting it is the lack of spiritual connection. So uh, with those goals, and uh, this paragraph uh, talks about, um, we suggested he write his wife, um, you know, so so I don't do this alone. I do this ninth step, eighth step, ninth step, uh, as I've done the other steps with the help of a sponsor and other fellows in the recovery and a higher power. Uh, I've heard a lot of courage on the line as we've been talking about uh, the eighth and ninth step particularly. Um, so this is about we're considering the other people involved. Um, but it's it's not so I've had a lot to do uh, learn about the difference between codependency and considering the other people involved. I haven't done that alone. I've done that with a lot of help through the steps and um, et cetera. So coming to understand the reality of my interdependence and connection with others and with a higher power. So um, we can't know, of course, how this is going to turn out anytime we make these amends. Um, I've, I've been very grateful for the amends I've made. Going to any lengths for me now, as it talked about on page 58 and 59, when we were at the beginning of our step uh, surrender, um, going to any lengths continues as we work our way, as I work my way through the rest of the steps. Half measures availed us nothing. It also said, so these, what we do in the ninth step is all connected with that. And I see I'm coming up on time. So my aspiration to live the rest of my life in kindness, compassion, wisdom, you know, connection with God for the benefit of all people. So with that, I pass. I really look forward to hearing what everyone has to say. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tenzin. So now we're going to open up the line for sharing. And we asked that you limit your share to every third day. So although we value your experience, we ask you to limit your share to every third day so someone else, some of our other fellows can get a shot. And I will let you know if I don't hear you. And who would like to share on this? Anne Marie M. Cheryl A. Cheryl. Denise O. Denise. Susan C. Susan C. Who else?
Jonna G. John. Jonna G. All right, we could take two more for the first round. Who else? Sigrid F. Sigrid. Ken WH. All right, that Ken's going to bring us home there. All right, we got enough here. Good. We got a good list. Anne Marie M, Cheryl A, Denise O, Susan C, Gianna, Jonas G, Sigrid F, and Ken WH. Anne Marie, you're up. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thank you so much for taking the meeting. This is Anne Marie M in South Carolina, gratefully recovered through God's grace and by doing the work in this book. And I think the most important word in this whole paragraph is the first word, we. Just like uh, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, it's a we program. And like the eighth step, I needed to review my Yeah, Marie, we lost you there. We lost okay, you. I'm back. You. Go Can ahead. you hear me now? Go. All right, I yep, know you don't like you. that, but... <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Go, go <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Anyway, so um, I'm not sure what, what, uh, what, all, what everyone heard me say, but um, just that I thought that the most important word in this paragraph is the word we, and like the eighth step where I went over all the people that I thought were going to be on my eighth step list. Um, I reviewed that with my sponsor. She pointed out I didn't meet everyone on there, but there were a couple that she said, you know, what about this one? And, you know, things that I had mentioned, um, she got to know me really well. And so it's so important for me not to believe that I can do this on my own, that I need other people and I really believe that God puts the people in my life that I need I tr I have a great trust in God today and I'm really grateful and that is because I've worked through the steps with a, a recovered compulsive overeater who has also worked through these steps in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous um, so what we did was before I approached um, someone that was on my list I reviewed it what I wanted to say to my um, to that person and uh, there was one particular person that I was really angry with and so I wrote a really nasty letter it didn't send it but uh, I sent it to my sponsor and just so that I could get all that venom out it was really helpful for me to do that and then I could revamp and we talked about it, and um, I was able to um, reword what I really wanted to say. So for me, uh, it's just important that I, I do this with another person, and um, and I take this seriously, and I finish all my amends. Um, you know, for me, I went on to the, after I did uh, one amend, I went on to my 10th step, but it was really important for me to get all of the rest of them done. I'm going to pass with that. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Next up is Cheryl A., followed by Denise O. Hi, this is Cheryl A., a recovered compulsive overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. The other word um, um, 
that starts with W that this passage makes me think of in addition to we is willingness because the length that that we need to go to to make amends um, sometimes puts us in a place of real uncomfortableness and the surrender needed for that um, create, it, it requires a kind of willingness that I know is going to set me free. I read something this week that just hit me so hard and I find it to be so beautiful. If I imagine that there's a rope or a thread or something that connects me to God, every time I do something, or to someone else for that matter, every time I do something that severs that cord or severs that thread, I've got to repair it. And when I repair it, there's a knot in that place. And each time there's a knot, it actually brings me closer to God because it doesn't, it shortens that cord. It created such beauty around amends and willingness to think that somehow the mistakes and the things that I do that I need to make amends for are only going to bring me closer to God and closer to others as I knot it up. And my amends are those knots that end up creating um, a closer connection uh, to those that that I need to make amends to. And and that that goes to my to myself as well. I'm I'm just more knitted together when I am willing to go to any length to repair what needs to be repaired and to amend my behavior so that I truly become a different person as I act differently. Because when I act differently, I think differently. The God's honest. Uh, truth around what I, where I am at any given point is where are my feet? What are my hands doing? And if they are taking actions that are consistent with my commitment, I'm going to be moving closer and closer to God, to others, and to myself in a way that will bring so much more comfort, joy, love, and happiness. So I love hearing about this willingness to go to any length to repair because I think it's um, filled with beauty in the knots that we create to fix it. Thanks so much. And with that, that I, with that, I pass. All right. Thank you, Cheryl. Next up is Denise O, followed by Susan C. Hi, this is Denise O from Wisconsin. Um, I had uh, originally wrote my amends. I had an amends to do with my husband. I had stole money from him. Um, and I was, I didn't want to do the amends and I waited and I waited and I made justified why I didn't want to because his, his family had stole money from him. And so I knew that it really hurt him. So I thought, well, maybe I'm saving him from this by not making the amends because then he won't be hurt. Um, and then the more I thought about it, I thought that I want to have an honest and um, real relationship with my husband. So I thought I, I need to make this amends. Um, so my sponsor helped me through this and uh, gave me some tips. I had my the money in hand. It was about $200. Um, it was over time. Um, and I just apologized. I didn't justify what I did. I just said I was sorry. Um, I gave him the money back. And I said, I, you know, I'm afraid. I was afraid to do this because I know this had really hurt you when your family did this to, to you. 
and he forgave me. And I was willing to take that risk because like I said, I, I wanted that honest relationship. And, um, and that was one, and that's a lot of what this disease does to me is be, makes me be dishonest. Um, so he forgave me. Um, and he said to me, my family would never, and he actually used the word amends. He, it would, <laughs> he, I was surprised he said that. Um, he said, thank you for making this amends. My family would have never done this. And I forgive you. And, um, and we took, put the money. He said he didn't want it. And I said, well, it's not my money to keep because I stole it from you. And so we just um, gave it to our kids. Um, so it's definitely when I look at this passage, it says, and be willing to ask for forgiveness. I did that. I did exactly what this is, paid the money back. And I was willing to maybe have some consequences, consequences of this. Um, so it felt good. And, um, and that's why we make amends. And um, that's all I have. Thank you. I pass. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay, Susan C., you're up, uh, and after you would be Jana G. Hi, good morning. This is Susan. Are we on the last paragraph on 79? Yep. Okay. Um, this is Susan from Pennsylvania, and, um, yeah, it's um, about willingness, definitely, and um, getting past, like, the fears. And um, I think, too, you have to be um, talking it over with um, your sponsor and with your higher power before you do something, rather than to be impulsive or compulsive about it and wise. And, like, that's what I pray for every morning. It's like, give me the wisdom, the wisdom to do the right actions because um, my will has led me into a lot of different things that I thought were great ideas. And I know somebody who ran um, to her husband and started telling telling him all these things, and I'm like, I didn't think it was such a great idea. You know, I think, um, so I think that's why it's a WE program, you know, because we run it through, we write it down, and we talk it over, and then we connect with our higher power. Like, what's what's the best way to, to do this, you know, to be honest? And it, and it takes a lot um, for me. Anyway, it, it's taking a lot to be able to um, be able to uh, right the wrongs, you know, because I'm holding on to that, I guess, like justifying it and, um, you know, like thinking, well, well, like they owe me first. So um, it's a little uncomfortable to read the this page However, it's probably what I need. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks, Susan. Before Jana comes up, I just want to let you know where we're at. We're on page 79, a third paragraph, into action. And it's, um, we thought he ought to be willing to the end of the paragraph. All right, Jana, you're up. 
Hi, this is Donna G. from oh, Pennsylvania. Tom. That's okay, Russ. <laughs> Thank you for your service, I make, Russ. I was making My fellow Pennsylvanian. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, I thought, I felt led to share, um, you know, the word, um, and maybe it was in the previous paragraph. Anyhow, somewhere in there. See, I, I blacked out when I spelled the word alimony, wherever it is. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I've never had to pay alimony, but um, I was involved during the beginning of COVID um, when we were all in shutdown mode with the whole court case regarding child support and my son, who went to live with his father um, for various reasons. It was like there's so many details to the story and I only have a little bit of time and please stop me when I'm out of time. But um, yeah, I, I just, I guess when I read this and saw the word adjusted, that last word of the paragraph, what came to me is how God had adjusted that whole situation. It was so scary. It it was, it was so completely terrifying. Um, the whole, the whole court in general, but, um, the whole situation and what God did for me was he adjusted, he assessed as the definition for adjust, he assessed when uh, settling the score and settling a situation and resolving a problem. He paid. And, you know, I am just still amazed at what happened there. Um, in the end, um, there were things I had to do um, to set the record straight after talking with my sponsor. Um, whether or not the court said I owed or not, I, you know, I there were things I needed to do, things I needed to take care of. But the whole situation has long since been adjusted, and and by turning it over and being willing, which and being willing to see the whole truth and and and. And speak the truth and allow the truth and allow my higher power to enter. It all was resolved. It was all adjusted. So I don't even know if this makes sense. I don't, I can't, I don't have time to get into the particulars, but it was um, truly a miracle and mind-blowing for me and a testimony to what my higher power is capable of when I just put my trust, um, put my trust in, in God. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Donna. All right, next up is Sigrid, followed by Ken WH. Hi, this is Sigrid F., recovered in South Florida, and um, thank you for hearing me. So, you know, the previous sentence ends, here I am, right? He's willing to go to jail. And it, and it sounds so heroic, but what I see is my addict thinking, right? My zero to doom. I can run or I can go to jail, you know, the, my control, my will over the situation. And that's the disease because it's all about me and I can't see middle ground and I can't see other options when I'm in the disease. I can only see those two. And what I've found in recovery is that my will I I really don't know what I need, and God does. And, you know, this paragraph shows, you know, that it, it all works out, right? He didn't fight it. He just let it unfold, took the advice, let it unfold, and it worked out 
far better than he could have dreamed. And you know what? That's what happens to me over and over when I surrender my will to God and I stop trying to control a situation. And, you know, when talking about what we need, God knows what we need. And sometimes the things that I've needed have been really, really painful to me. Like, how stubborn am I that I am going to continue to, you know, be in my will and submit to, you know, some some really awful pain and circumstances. But those are choice points. Those are choice points that God gave me over and over. And I had the choice to pick God or pick the food. And how many times I picked the food is incredible now. So today I actually, for the first time this week, realized I am a grateful, compulsive over wheat eater. And thank you, God, for the very painful circumstances that led me to OA, to God, and to recovery. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sigrid. Next up is Ken WH, and then we're going to take another list. Hey, Russ. Thanks for uh, leading the meeting today. Good to hear your voice. Ken WH, a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. I'm not really sure how to approach this. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess the question I have to ask myself is what happens if I don't address these situations? Well, I, and I think that's kind of the whole point of this is, uh, well, I'll go back to doing what I was doing. And I'll I'll eat again or use some other um, uh, compulsive behavior. And um, I don't want to do that. So I have to deal with it somehow. Um, and, yes, I need to talk to people. I need to pray and those kinds of things. But ultimately, I've got to do something um, to take care of the situation, I mean, to to get through it. I've got to move. I've got to act on it. And um, God gives me the strength to do that. Um, but in the process, I've gathered a lot of wisdom from other people to uh, do the right thing and uh, stay healthy in the process. Um, and again, that willingness and wisdom are, are great uh, W words. Um Let's face it, uh, I've, <laughs> I and many people have uh, committed criminal acts at some point or another in our lives. Speeding <laughs> is considered a criminal act. Uh, uh, drunken driving, uh, stealing, those kinds of things. And um, I could have been arrested at any number of times and I could have ended up in jail. Does that mean I need to go to jail today? I, I don't think so, um, but I have ways of of confronting that issue and doing my amends by actually going to prison <laughs> and um, giving my time to those who uh, have been incarcerated for a criminal activity and um, just be present and, and, and offer some hope. And that's one way for me to give back. It's... Uh, letting myself go. And the first time I ever walked into a prison scared me half to death. 
um, it doesn't anymore. And um, that's a gift from God, and that's a gift of of reconciliation with uh, just with people in general, but especially with my God. And um, uh, together we are uh, dealing with <laughs> one day at a time, dealing with those past uh, acts, and um, have I have overcome the, the any fear of of what repercussions might could possibly come someday. So it's good to be a part of this meeting, and I'm thankful for uh, you, Russ. Uh, God bless. Have a great day. I pass. Thanks, Ken. All right, we're going to take another group. We are on page 79. Um, that last paragraph we thought he ought to be willing to do. And the whole situation has long since been adjusted. So if you haven't shared on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step up. Who would like to share? Kim Boston, Pennsylvania. All right, I heard... I heard her Larry, but there was someone before I think Katie G also. And then someone for Wait. PA. Katie G. Katie G. Yeah, I got Kate. I got Katie. I got oh, Larry. Rita Q. Okay, what, what was your name again? I'm sorry. R- Rita Q. Rachel K? No, Rita. Rita. Oh, Rita. Rita. I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks, Rita Russ. Kay. Sorry. Got R- Rita, Larry, Katie. Kim G. from Pennsylvania. Kim G. All right. Cyber in Indiana. Okay. Who was that again? I'm sorry. Cyber in Indiana. How do you say it? Deborah? Deborah? Is it Deborah? S-A-B-R-A. Okay. Is it Sabra? Yes, sir. That's it. Uh, You got it. What's what's the first initial of your last name? A. Oh, okay. Thank you. So, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Okay, who else? We could take a couple more. Who else would like to share on this? We have ample time and ample space. Nancy right P. Now. Nancy. <laughs> no sports. We could take what. We could take one more. Pete B. Pete B. All right, Toby. We'll see if we can get you in there. Pete, I got you, bud. All right. K is up. Read a star one, please. Oh, hi. Can I be heard? Yep. Oh, thanks so much. Hi, my name's Rita Q, uh, recovered compulsive overeater here in Manchester. Yeah, I really love this paragraph. And, you know, we're told early on, you know, we must not shrink. We've got to pocket our pride. So, you know, I was willing to go down it. By this stage <laughs> of the of, of my career in recovery, I was, you know, I really was willing to go down any lengths because, like somebody else had shared previously, I knew I knew the only alternative was to go back into the hell of food, and that I wasn't willing for that to happen, you know. But I, I had to do it with guidance, and I had to do it through my higher power and with the guidance of a sponsor and other people. 
but I was I definitely feel for myself that the power really began to flow in on step nine. I really felt, you know, that that by te- stepping out in faith and doing what I needed to be do to do, my amends were actually relatively easy. And I know that sounds probably a bit mad to some people, but the, when I did them, the responses that I got were beautiful and nothing like I had imagined. Because I always tell, you know, my sponsees, like this is a disease of perception. And very often my perception is completely wrong. So, you know, and and I the living amends that I do now, you know, I ask for forgiveness and you know, especially, you know, how can I make it better? But usually in situations nowadays, I think, does God want me to do this? Is this the right thing to do? And it's that pause now. And if I didn't have the pause, I think I'd just be making so many more amends. <laughs> but because the consistency of what I do now with my program helps me just be a better person, I think. This this is what this book has done. It just makes me a better person. Um, you know, and I think no matter what how far down the scale we've gone, we're told, you know, we can recover. And and I never thought when I had relapsed really badly a few years ago that I'd ever get out of the suit again. And having to do the cycle starting at step one, I meant it was part of by the time I got to nine it was, you know, I was practicing the principles in my affairs because I needed to, because it was the only thing that would keep me well. And I'm very, very aware of that. So I just love this paragraph because I love the fact that he doesn't get put in jail. Um, She doesn't insist that because she realizes that wouldn't be the right thing and that we are given second chances, you know. And, you know, I put my, th- my husband, my husband didn't know who, the kind, what Rita he was getting when he came home from work when I was in the food. But now most days he knows most days, except when he doesn't load the dishwasher properly, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just such a relief. It's a relief to be able to, you know, whitewash the stuff that I've, we've not whitewash it, but just you know, ask for forgiveness on what we've done and admit our wrongs. Because when I put my head on the pillow at night, I always think, what was it like to live with me today? Because if I don't get a good answer from that, time, you know, it's not been a good day. Thanks so much, Russ, and thanks for everybody's service. I'll pass. Thanks, Rita. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Katie G. Hey, Russ. Good morning. Uh, I'm Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. I'm up in Edmonton, uh, beautiful Edmonton, for some some good fellowship here. Um, but I wanted to chime in on this um, this paragraph. You know, um, it, it tells me freedom is not free. See, I I, I want. I don't want to be owned by the food. I just don't want to own up to anything. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be owned by the food. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be, uh, you know, owned by, you know, anorexic bulimic behaviors or, or anything along those lines. I want my relationships to be wonderful. Now, but here's the thing. Here's the catch. See, I just don't want to own up and own and take responsibility for things. Be, and 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 you know and, and part of that is because the acquisition of freedom is is often costly, and, and and we read it in this paragraph. It requires sacrifice. And what this paragraph implies to me is that this guy was willing. I mean, my goodness, to sacrifice his physical freedom. He was willing to go to prison, and endure the hardships of imprisonment, in order to do what? To to uh, to lose some weight. 
No, he was doing it or to stop drinking. He was doing it to achieve a deeper sense of personal liberation and spiritual growth. And a person with that, with that type of humility and ego deflation is, is inevitably going to become untethered from the food because God will be, begin to take, uh, take ownership of his life. And he's going to begin to shed his pride and his ego because it, it demonstrates a willingness to make difficult choices. I have to make difficult choices that I don't want to always make and, and maybe suffer certain consequences in order to stand up for new values in order to stand up for, uh, for the new person that God, how do, what does God want me to be? What is this God that I don't even understand? What does he want me to be? Please shape and mold me to be the man that you want me to be. This is the type of man he wants me to be, to confront and overcome my own internal limitations, to shed my pride, and in doing so, you know, there are people in prison that are free today. They are free of anxieties and fears and so forth. They, they owned up and took responsibility. They're free today. That's what this program requires of me on a daily basis to do that. So it's so much more than just a simple instruction in, in, uh, or, or guidance in, in step nine. It's much more. It's a demonstration of how I want to live my life today. So anyways, grateful for this text. And Russ, thanks for your service, and I'll pass. Thanks, Larry. Next up is Katie G, followed by Kim G. Hey, friend. Good morning. This is Katie G, recovered from compulsive eating in Boston. Um, what a great meeting. Um, I just, for me, a lot of this has just been about God teaching me to honor his kids, right? And this has been an ongoing process. I've been in the room since I was 27. I've done a lot of damage. I've made a lot of amends and Unlike some people, I've had a lot of really painful responses to my amends. But, um, you know, the thing that's so amazing now is someone else was saying is that pause, like it literally prevents me from doing more damage. And, and that's what's so critical because I am a feel better aholic. Like I want to go to you and grovel and make up stuff I didn't even do so you can look at me and be like, oh, my gosh, Katie Greenberg, like, I'm in love with you. And I just want you to be my best, 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 best friend, more important than anybody else in the world, right? And that's not, <laughs> that's not God dependency, you know. And um, recently going through amends, I was already, I had about four people to make amends to, my in-laws. And uh, thank, thanks be to God, I was told to ask my husband, and he said, no. He was like, no, I don't, I don't want you going to my in-laws. I don't want you saying anything that's not going to be appropriate in our family. And I got to honor him. That was my job, was to honor him. And, you know, as a result, I got to honor God's kids because it was more important. It wasn't as important for me to live in the ego. Hang on a second. May I please have a moment? I will, absolutely. And that's the other thing that I get to is like being more present with my family, getting aligned when I need to and being more present. I did have one other thing I wanted to share about, which is just the ongoing process of amends, which is that I have done a lot of damage and God has given me opportunities in which I have been told 
recently, you know, when I first met you, Tootie, you said things to me that were not kind. And it's not easy to sit with the reality of who I have been, but what a miracle. Like today I care more about God's kids than I do about feeling better. It's more important to me that I um, get off the phone right now because my child is crying and right here, and I have nothing more to say to you guys than that. Love you. Sorry. All right. Thanks, Katie. I know that for you. All right. Next up is Kim G, followed by Sabra A. Hi, this is Kim G, um, recovering compulsive overeater and sugar addict in Pennsylvania. Um, great shares today. This is absolutely my favorite meeting. Um, the words that st- stood out to me today was um, perfectly willing to go to jail. Perfectly willing to go to jail. I feel like this is a miracle that can only happen with God's power. And I needed to hear this paragraph today, the story that um, this is a story that shows us humility, courage, and honesty. And I feel like we need these examples from the big book to understand how to work these steps. In my own understanding, I imagine the perceived fear that the enemy puts up in my life all the time about um, how a situation is going to turn out. But God continues to show us that when we have courage and face the hard things in our past, and what I love about this paragraph, even if it's baby steps, just the willingness that we're going to have a positive result for our recovery. I'm really, really thankful that God has gotten my attention through food addiction. He is pulling layers of selfishness, willfulness, and arrogance off me through working the steps of this program. This program connects me with other people, which is, I I just, outreach is, I've learned so much. Help from amazing sponsors who have put my hand in God's and it just shows me how much I need to be in service to others. God just shows me how to lean on him with every step and I cannot wait for the day that um, I can, you know, have that perfect abstinence and come on this line and be recovered. All of you fellows who have been recovered for years, it is such a, just, it's just such a wonderful thing that um, I know that that can happen for me too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Kim G. Next up is Sabra A, followed by Nancy K. hope I said that right. Good morning. This is Sabra A in Indiana. Uh, Sabra, um, sorry about that. That's fine. <laughs> um, I was in an accident, and uh, the person sued me, and I had owed almost $8,000. Well, I don't. I didn't have that. I mean, at the time, I couldn't even make any payments. So I've been in this program, and I called yesterday, actually, and um, 
I called the collection agency and I told them, you know, what I was wanting to do. And when they pulled up my account, my account are only uh, uh, less than 4000 So I made a payment schedule with them. And I tell you, the higher, our higher powers are good to us. She was so great to me to be able to be able to do that and get this off my chest. And so now, I mean, I feel lighter on that. I got a lot of other amends to do, but when the lady asked me, well, are you court mandated or whatever? I'm like, no, ma'am, I'm going through a, and I'm trying to make amends and make up and make things right. So she put me on hold and came back and said, yeah, we'll take your 25 a month. And I'm like, thank you. So I just wanted to tell that little story and I want to thank everybody here on the line and, um, Y'all have a good day, and I'll pass. Thank you very much. Next up is Nancy P. followed by PP, and I think that's going to be it. All right, Nancy, you're up. Hey, Russ. Uh, good morning, everybody. Nancy P. Recovering in West Newton, Massachusetts. So um, I wasn't willing to go to jail because I was already in jail, and that's what I learned about um, the ninth step is that do I want to get out of jail? Then I got to make amends. And if they put me in a different kind of jail, it's not going to be as bad as the jail that I'm already in. This prison of eating and thinking about eating and trying not to eat and being remorse, horror, and hopelessness because I did eat, the sneaking, the hiding, the cheating, the lying. I would take four walls and six feet, whatever they call, you know, like a six-foot cell. I would take that over that life any day of the week. You know, luckily... I've never been in the position where I've had to um, confess to grand larceny or, you know, any kind of theft like that. But um, not for lack of trying, I will say. And, um, you know, today I'm free. Today I'm out of jail. I'm out of every kind of jail. I never go back to jail, ever, ever, ever. Um, And the reason that I don't is because um, I talk to other people all day long. I mean, I make a lot of calls. And I don't say, oh, I have this problem. Oh, you know, help me decide what to do. No, I want to be bathed in reflected glory. I, you know, like I just want to be near the, the other people. I want to be one-on-one interaction, fellowshipping, I call it. I want to do that. Because I get, I've never hung up the phone and said, what a waste of time that was. I've never done that. Um and today, because of that, like I always assumed that, you know, when I was at the first step, looking at the ninth step, oh, my God, I could never do it. What about this, 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 and this that I've done? But luckily, you know, the book, the steps go in order. And you don't start with step nine. You start with step one. And by the time you get to step nine, you know, or by the time I did, I, I wasn't in a bad place with it. And I did have to swallow hard and go to some people and say that I did things, that I lied, or, you know, whatever I did. Um, and I did get thrown out of somebody's office, but that was just another reminder that I'm human and that not everything goes my way. But today, my life, I assumed, I always assumed that what I had wasn't going to be better than, was always going to be better than what I was going to get, or I always assumed that what I was going to get couldn't possibly compare to what I had, even though often I was in misery. But the reality is, 
that when I would make my amends, my direct amends to those people I had harmed, um, I found exactly the opposite. So today, what, what the, and I'll wrap up with this, what actually what the ninth step was, was an investment in myself so that I could live a life of sane and happy usefulness, comprehend the word serenity and know peace, and attract the kinds of relationships that I always craved. And that's exactly what happened. And today, my life is full of joy and light, every breath. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nance. Pete, it looks like you're going to be the last one. You are up, brother. I think it's right. Oh, I'm glad there's right time. The time. Can you hear me? Uh, I'm glad there's time, Russ. Uh, uh, my name is Pete D. I'm a compulsive overheater. I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. Thank you for taking the meeting. You're doing a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, this paragraph to me speaks to this person's willingness and, and, and efforts to have a spiritual experience under any and all conditions. Right, and that's what we have to be willing to do, right? We have to be willing to correct the past in order to have the vital spiritual experience that's required to recover and become recovered. If approached in a tactful and strategic way, we don't have to deprive our other, you know, creditors or or other people we wronged of what they're rightly due with compensation and making up for the the, the wrongs that we've done in the past, right? And so this this just tells me that I don't have to be a martyr. I don't have to hang myself from the cross and and, and lock myself up. I could be tactful and strategic and address all of the amends that I have to make, the direct amends that I have to make in order to have the spiritual experience. I could walk free, like the way my God would have me walk, right? Never servile or scraping, standing on my own two feet. And you know, it's interesting, every single day in this meeting, we talk about what Overeaters Anonymous is, we talk about what a vision for you is, and we talk about the 12 steps, which are the program of recovery. And in the program of recovery, it doesn't even mention another person, except in step five, and in step 10, for when we reach out to somebody when we've harmed someone, right? That, 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 that's it, right? We, ha- we have a fellowship, and it's a we fellowship, and it's super, super important. But we don't want to lose sight. Our, our, our literature, the big book mentions God 142 times. It mentions spiritual 124 times, and it mentions power 77 times. This whole process, this program, which is the 12 steps, is designed to enable the sufferer to have a spiritual experience as a result of implementing it into our lives. And I'll start up with this. The foreword to the AA 12 and 12 says that these principles are spiritual in nature, which if practiced as a way of life, will expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to live happily and usefully whole. I live happily and usefully whole because I walk hand in hand with my creator. It is dependent upon that relationship. And the fellows that are in my life that enrich my life unbelievable are there as an enhancement and my opportunity to be a demonstration of my God's love, my God's will, and my God's way of life. So that's where the we's at in the program. There's plenty of we in the fellowship, and we can't pick a word and say that that's what this, this is. Time. Peace. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Thank you for everyone who shared. 
Toby K, you're going to have to wait till the next meeting. I'm sorry about that. Uh, please join us for our unrecorded hour study, immediately following closing. So today's share ID for May 5th, Friday, 2023, is 20,228. That's 20228. All right. We will now... We will now close the meeting with a uh, reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Where, will Amory, I'm sorry, Cigarette F, please read a vision for your book is meant to be suggestive only. I'd be happy to. Cigarette F, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Okay, we just